Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season one, episode 24, Pipe Dream. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams. Written by Mark Scott Zickry. Directed by Zale Dallin. Original air date, July 11th, 1988. Hey, Editing Vicky here. I just wanted to re-remind people the reason that we don't use very many clips in this series. We started out using no clips, but then we decided we'd use just a couple when it was talking about the antique or how the antique worked. But, as you'll hear in this episode, this one more so than the earlier ones, the audio on any version of this series that I can find is just awful. So, our apologies for the terrible clip audio. So we're back for Season 1, Episode 24, Pipe Dream, and as I promised, Kim is back this week. The Cursed Antique from Friday the 13th wiki is a tobacco pipe that emits smoke that incinerates a victim. So this episode begins at an inventor seminar where we first meet Ray. Now, do you recognize, you recognize this actor, right? Oh, uh, yeah, but I couldn't remember. Didn't he used to play a police officer or something? Well, I don't know. He was in a million things, but the first thing that I ever remember seeing him in and what I always remember him as, because it was like the first time I ever knew who he was, was Room 222. Right, yes. He was a teacher. He was the principal. Part of me wants to say he's been in a couple of cop shows, but I could be wrong. I didn't look him up. You know, I didn't look him up. I just know that like he was in my big fat Greek wedding, I think. Yep. Yeah, he's been in a million things since then. But I always remember him from Room room 222 because I think that's where I first saw him. I'm glad you remember that show. Nobody remembers that. I used to love that show. So did I. I, It came on at one time. They were showing it, and then all of a sudden I haven't seen it again. Who's they? I want to say it was Pluto TV had it on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that in years. I I think I'd like to rewatch that again. I should look around and see if it's anywhere. So... Anyway, Ray takes out this weird-looking pipe and asks one of the attendees for a light. And when the attendee mentions the pipe, Ray says it was a gift from his uncle. So Ray gives this guy his pitch about looking for talent to promote and to find funding for. I never wrote down his name. I don't even know if they said his name. But this guy tells him that he has something that he hasn't shown to anyone. And Ray convinces him to show him the idea. And it's some kind of laser weapon or gun. Ray's impressed and offers to become his partner as he lights his pipe. And then orange smoke comes out of the pipe and the guy can't get away from it and he follows him until he's incinerated and disappears. So Ray looks confused and surprised that this happened. Did he to you? Yes, I don't think he realized what it it actually does to a certain degree. Right, but does that mean he's never used the pipe before and just coincidentally brought it to the seminar? I mean, if he used it before, the smoke would have killed somebody. But I'm thinking not necessarily. What's the attention? At the end, he says someone has to die. So every time he lights that pipe, the smoke is going to get somebody. He did look surprised. Yeah, and that's what I thought too. But it just seems weird that it's a coincidence that he brought it to this seminar. And it's weird that he hasn't used it before. Right. I mean, unless he used it at home by himself and for some reason the smoke doesn't affect him. I don't know. But it just seemed weird. Yeah, because he had the pipe for a long time. It's not like he just got the pipe. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, later we find out it was from Uncle Lewis. But, yeah, so Uncle Lewis is dead a while. And he's talking about how Uncle Lewis became rich and gave him this gift. So this had to be a long time ago. 
Right, because he was younger. I don't even, part of me wants to say, I don't even think Ryan was born. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't make that clear, but it seemed like it was a long time ago. Because Ryan seemed surprised that he even knew Uncle Lewis. So it, I bet you it was before Ryan was born. Right, because certain things you would notice, and it would come to your mind that, oh, I remember this weird pipe, because I can remember corn husk, what are corn husk pipes. So, and I remember cigar boxes. So it's like you would remember seeing something going, oh, yeah, and that pipe, oh, he would have definitely remembered that if he'd seen it. Right. So I was a little confused by that, but whatever. <laughs> so either way, he takes the plans for the laser with him. And then apparently he pawned it off as his own plans because later we see him testing a gun for some shady people. And Mr. Clements, the head shady guy, puts Ray on his payroll. So another gun inventor named Johnny objects to hiring Ray because his weapon is ready to go into production. But Clements says that Ray's weapon is better. So you know that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So Ray brings his girlfriend Connie flowers. Now I originally, I just assumed this was his wife at this point of the show. I did, too. Yeah. And she accuses him of spending the rent money. So we know how their lives were. You know, her first thing is, did you spend all the rent money? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I imagine he he must have done a million times before. You know, and he promises to get her out of this crappy apartment, and she's going to get everything she deserves. And I feel like that's one of the things he probably said over and over, and it never pans out. You know what I mean? Right. He's one of those guys. Yeah. So back at the store, Mickey brings Ryan an invitation to his father's wedding. And Ryan says that his father is getting married again. So Ryan wants to ignore it. And he says that he was a disappointment to his father. So he left home and hasn't been back. But Mickey talks him into it. But Ryan says she has to be his guest. When they get there, he introduces her as Aunt Catherine's daughter. But we still don't understand who Aunt Catherine is and how they're related by marriage. Right, yeah. We still don't know that. Well, anyway, Mickey and Ryan arrive at the address, and Ryan doesn't understand the size of the house since he says his father was always broke. They ring the bell, and we find out that Ryan's father is Ray. Now, did you see that coming? No. Okay, let's just go with no. No, not expect that. I didn't see that coming either. I mean, looking back, I should have known they didn't use his last name. He said his uncle gave him this as a gift, and but I was kind of surprised. I didn't see that coming at all. I just figured they were going to be hunting for a pipe in the same town as his father was getting married, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this house is much bigger than the apartment we saw earlier. So I have to imagine some time has passed since he was hired by Clemens. But we find out that Connie sent the invitation as a way of bringing them back together. So... Connie asks Ray to take Ryan to see the factory. The whole situation is awkward because Ray is not nice to anybody. No. I mean, he doesn't even pretend to make anybody feel welcome. But Ryan does say he wants to see the factory. And Ray is a little paranoid, which I guess he has a right to be because he knows he did something wrong. And he knows that guy Johnny is out to get him. His paranoia is getting the best of him. But he tells him that people around the factory are jealous of his success and that he has enemies. But then he tells him that even though he never knew his father. Now, am I wrong or did he say my father died the day I was born? I don't know. I must have missed that one. Maybe I misheard it because later on Connie says he left me just like his father left him. That could mean too that he left. He left. He died. I think she said he abandoned me. Oh, okay. But I could swear he said his father died. Maybe I just misheard it. He could have said it, but, then, you know, sometimes people do say it. You know, even though the father might have been, uh, abandoned him, a lot of people will say, you know, he's dead to me. Right, not wanting to admit that he was abandoned. Yeah, maybe that was it, because I swear that's what I heard him say. He said he never knew his father, 
but he did have his uncle Lewis to look up to. So Ryan looked surprised that his father was close to, or even knew Uncle Lewis. That's what I'm saying. At one point, it had to be when he was younger. Because you know, sometimes relatives are in the life for a certain time period, and then they're not. Absolutely, because the guy said he was four years old when the thing with the cut happened. Mm-hmm. He was close to Uncle Lewis all his life. And then later, Mickey asks Connie, did Uncle Lewis ever give him anything as an adult? So he gave him the pipe when he was an adult, but we don't know how long ago. It sounds like a long time ago, and yes, it probably could be before Ryan was born. Otherwise, you would think Ryan would remember Uncle Lewis, right? Right. So they had a long relationship, it sounds like. We just don't know when exactly he gave him this pipe. I'm guessing, and you're guessing, that it was before Ryan was born, because then Ryan would probably remember Uncle Lewis. Right. And yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Even as, even though you have the same people, even when you're younger, certain faces and certain things come back. Yeah, exactly. So that's my point. If he's had this pipe so long, how could he not know it kills people? Mm. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And then he tells Ryan the story, like I said, about cutting himself on the neck. And Uncle Mm -hmm. Lewis, making the cut disappear like magic, put something there, and it disappeared. And he also says that Lewis was always poor, but struck it rich one day, just pretty much like Ray did. And he couldn't understand how that store could have made that much money for him. At this point, Ryan looked a little suspicious because Connie did say earlier that they just bought the new house and everything was coming up roses for them lately. And now he's learning his father and Uncle Lewis were close. And even though he looks a little suspicious, learning all of this didn't seemed to ring any bells for him. Yeah. You know, back at the house, as we already said, Mickey finds pictures of Ray and Uncle Lewis, and she gets the same expression on her face, but it does ring bells for her. Enough so she asks if Uncle Lewis gave Ray any gifts. So she seems worried, obviously. And like we said, Connie tells Mickey about the pipe and that it was his good luck charm. So Ryan, even though nothing rings bells for him, is still a little skeptical about his father inventing a a laser because random people just don't invent lasers that don't have any background in lasers and guns. Mm -hmm. That would be like me inventing a laser weapon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, he said does say something to his father. And then at one point, didn't his father ask him, why is he even at the store wasting his time or something like that? Yes, there's a whole thing about that. That's what I mean. Ryan asks him, and then his father turns it around and gaslights him and starts yelling at him about how much of a disappointment he was to him. But I'm still trying to figure out how is he's such a disappointment to him when he's doing something. Exactly. Even if, regardless if he doesn't know about the items that they have to collect. Exactly. He still has ownership in a store. Exactly. And he's maintaining it, so I, I, I couldn't get that part because I'm going, well, why is he disappointed? He he still has a comfortable place to live. You and your girlfriend live in some shack, and who's the disappointment? Exactly. Exactly. Believe me, I have paragraphs about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, once he gaslights Ryan about how disappointing he is, He wants Ryan to stay with him because he thinks he can give Ryan a life, what he considers a life. And he says his Uncle Lewis would agree. And that's when Ryan loses it and blurts out that Uncle Lewis made a deal with the devil. And that's why he had money. And he tells him that they spend their time trying to retrieve the antiques and undo the damage Lewis created. His father, first he kind of looks like, oh, that makes sense, you know, because he, he knows his pipe kills people. 
But mm-hmm. then he says, what the hell are you talking about? And I don't know if he said that just to pretend that he didn't believe Ryan. But the conversation doesn't get to go any farther because Johnny shows up and says he needs to talk to him. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So Ray leaves, and we find out that Johnny discovered that Ray didn't invent the laser. And he shows him the original inventor's portfolio, and he tells him he should leave. And to blackmail him into leaving, he brings in Nathan Fielding, who's the inventor's brother, who says his brother has turned up missing. So they don't tell him anything what's going on. They, To his face, they promise to do everything they can to help locate his brother, but Johnny is pretty much just using him to blackmail Ray. And then Ray takes out his pipe and lights it in the hallway where Johnny's walking. And the smoke follows Johnny through the halls, and he burns and evaporates in front of Mickey, who's just arrived to tell Ryan about the pipe. But by the time Ryan and Ray get there, the man's gone. So, not wanting to say anything to tip off Ray, Mickey says it was just her imagination. Right, yeah. But Ray looks like he doesn't believe that it was her imagination and she must have seen something. Yeah. So later, Mickey tries to talk to Ryan about his father. But he says he's feeling the way he did as a kid, a disappointment. Back in the quilt episode, I wondered about Ryan's backstory and why he was so intent on building a family. You know, I said he built the family at the store, and then as soon as Laura showed up, he wanted to make her his family, you know? Right, yeah. And I thought maybe one of his parents abandoned the family or something, but it turns out he just never felt like he measured up to what his father thought he should be. But given the little bits of information that Ryan has told Mickey, like his father never having two cents to rub together, he dragged the family around from one crappy apartment to another, he was always looking for the big score. He kind of sounds like Ralph Cramden, always looking for for the get-rich-quick theme without having to work for it. Right, yes. You know? Mm-hmm. He was pretty much a failure all of his life. And Ryan knows the facts, but still believes that he, Ryan, was the disappointment. In fact, it was his father that never made good on anything. So I think he just doesn't want to admit that his father is an I think he does know that. I think he does know that. But it's mental abuse. Yes, exactly. When, you know, he he keeps on telling you and telling you and telling you that at one point you believe it. Exactly. But I think he knows his father. And that's why one of the reasons why he doesn't want to be bothered with him. Because he knows how his father is. So, you know, that's why he kept his distance from him. But once he got there, it almost seemed to me like he was desperate for his approval. Because all he says is he feels like a kid again, how he was a disappointment. But he doesn't seem to see how his 
father's the disappointment. And maybe he does, but he won't admit it to himself. Because like you said, he's been gaslit all his life about believing he was the bad guy. Right. Somewhere in your heart, you still want to believe that that parent is going to turn around. Or maybe it is for the good or things will get better. And and it doesn't. And right. You feel like you're a kid again. And you're going through these um, changes. Oh, God, really? We've been here before when I was a kid and nothing's changed? You're still an yeah exactly see i feel like he sees it but he won't see it because when mickey tries to tell him about the pipe ryan won't believe her even though he can't understand how his father could build a laser and how all of a sudden he has money and it's as if he doesn't do this for a living you know he's finally got a break let him let him have his break but he was hoping for the best yeah I think he was because in the back of his mind, I mean, he had to understand that this is what they do. This was like obvious hit you in the face. Something's going on here. And I feel like he's so desperate to be accepted by his father that he won't see what's right in front of his face. Right. So Mickey backs off, which is probably what she should have done because she wasn't going to get anywhere with him and calls Jack. Jack shows up and tells Mickey that there's an old pipe listed in the manifest, but it was never sold, which makes sense because Ray did say it was a gift from Uncle Lewis. Mm-hmm. Jack, I'm glad you're here. Look, I've been doing some checking based on what you told me. The manifest lists an 18th century pipe, and although Lewis did receive it, it was never listed as sold. He could have given it away as a present. Jack, you realize what that means? I know what it could mean. First order of business is to find that pipe. Yeah, but what are we going to tell Brian? No, 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 nothing, not yet. Look, the man is his father. I think we better keep him out of it until we're absolutely sure. And they decide to keep it away from Ryan until they can find the pipe. So they weren't going to involve him at all. So Ryan's father doesn't seem to believe that Mickey, Ryan, and Jack are only there because of the invitation. Ryan tells him that he wanted to see him, and he doesn't want anything from him. I forget what he said, like something, I don't want anything. He was kind of saying, I, I can't remember his exact words, but it was like he doesn't want anything like money or things from him or nothing you could buy or something like that, he said. Mm-hmm. Meaning he wants his acceptance and his love. That's all right. he wants. Ryan! to know why you're here because connie invited me and i wanted to see you don't give me that it's true i thought things would be different look dad i don't want a thing from you there's nothing you can buy like i hope your demonstration's a success i hope you make loads of money i i don't want any of it and again he tells him about recovering the cursed antiques and his father who's you know a selfish of course doesn't understand why he would do something so dangerous and ryan explains that because his father Ray always taught him right from wrong, which I have to question. I think he's delusional about his childhood because it sure doesn't seem like he was all that great of a father. Sometimes you're, you're kind of preaching to the choir. What's good for the goose is not good for the gander. True, true. So even though you're telling the child the right thing doesn't mean necessarily they're doing it. Right, and the child's too young to realize that um, even though my father's teaching me to do the right thing, he's not doing the right thing. I, right, you're right, right, yeah. yeah. So they're starting to bond. And so he tells Ryan to get the car keys. And when when Ryan can't find them, Ray goes berserk. And he manhandles Connie and shakes her to find out where Jack and Mickey went. And then he accuses Ryan of stalling him so Jack and Mickey can go wherever he thinks they're going. And I guess he thinks they're going to the factory. Ray takes off and Ryan asks Connie if she can take him to the factory. Ray arrives and meets Clemens and some other shady men. This felt like a legal gun... What's the word? What's the word I want? Uh, I can't even think of the word, but when I saw that, it's like, I'm selling weapons to a country that could use it against me. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I'm thinking, because 
because even Clements said he had no board and the decision was his, and now he brings this colonel or general somebody of some country. So Jack and Mickey almost get caught breaking into Ray's drawer in his office. When Ray comes in to open the drawer, Jack jumps him and gets the pipe out of the drawer, and Mickey grabs the pipe. Mickey runs, and Jack gets shoved into a corner, and I don't know... <laughs> I really didn't understand that because he gets shoved into the corner and it's like, is he stuck there? I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Ray chases Mickey to the firing range. Jack comes and jumps him again and Mickey runs with the pipe again while Jack and Ray continue to fight. So Ray tases Jack and moves his body behind one of the targets and goes after Mickey. So the shady guys come in and decide to test the weapon before Ray gets there. Ryan and Connie come to the range. And Ryan stops the men from shooting any more of the targets because he notices Jack's hat coming up over the top of one of the targets. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile, Ray is caught up to Mickey and is able to get the pipe. But Ryan stops them from shooting and wakes up Jack, who tells them that Mickey is in danger because... Now, he says this in front of Connie. He says, Mickey's in danger, Ray's using the pipe. Now, maybe she doesn't know what that means, but still he's saying all this in front of her and they know Mickey's in danger. So Ryan grabs the gun and runs off to find Mickey. He didn't want to touch the gun earlier, but when Mickey's in trouble, it's the first thing he grabs. Mm -hmm. So you see he's coming to his senses a little bit. But Ray lights the pipe, and Mickey closes herself in a room and tapes the door to keep the smoke out, but some of it gets through anyway. Ryan arrives, and he gets the pipe and threatens Ray with the gun to tell him where Mickey is. But the smoke goes after Ryan instead. And Ray finally comes to his senses and pushes Ryan out of the smoke cloud, and the smoke kills him instead. So his father dies and disappears right in front of Ryan. So in the end, he did step up and saved his son and behaved like a father should, I guess. You know. And then Connie believes that Ray just took off on her, like his father did to him. Factory people say there's no sign of him. He's just run off. Like his father. Here's what was weird to me. After everything that happened before, like Ray going berserk, shaking and screaming at Connie... And then Connie was at the factory while they were chasing Ray around, knowing that Mickey was in danger due to Ray. She, maybe she didn't know why. You know, even if she didn't know about the artifact or whatever, she knew something bad was going on. He was already manhandling her. And then they're chasing him around, and Jack. they find Jack behind a target, unconscious. And Jack says that Ray's using the pipe, and Mickey's in danger. She still went home and got dressed for a wedding? (laughs) I mean, even if you didn't know about the artifact and all that, it was quite obvious that something really shady was going on. Right. And Mickey was in danger because of Ray, and we have to stop Ray. And she goes home and gets dressed for her wedding. Does that make sense? But she had hope. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Yeah, but I, I still don't understand why he didn't tell her. To, just tell her the truth. He's gone. I would never leave somebody with the impression that he left you. Well, yeah, I know, but what are they going to tell her? That he got disintegrated? That's true. Yeah. They're already telling people. It's not like nobody knows. You know, this is what we do. This is what's happening. And unfortunately, he's gone. Well, and the, to me, it was like he was trying to save his son. Yeah. So in a way, he did a good, he did the good thing, but... I would just say he disappeared. Now, whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. But I'm going to tell you the truth. This is what we do. It's, it, the pipe was cursed. And, and he died trying to save me. 
Right. I understand that. And because, you know, now for the rest of her life, she's going to think he abandoned her. Like, but, she's not worth anything. Why would you do that to somebody? Although, I don't know, because he was such a jerk that I would think that she wouldn't have too much of a problem believing that he just left. That's true, too. And I can see that point, but I, I still, I kept on saying, why didn't they just tell her? No, I, I understand. And I think that even if they couldn't tell her about the pipe and all that, they could have come up with a better story mm-hmm. to make it sound like he didn't abandon her. Maybe these guys were after him and he had to leave town. Yeah, they could have come up with a story. It just didn't seem like they bothered to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I definitely see your point. So at the end, Jack tells him that, like Uncle Lewis, Ray renounced the curse and died. But unlike Lewis, he did it for love. So right. at least mm-hmm. there's that. Yes. So I was glad that we got some backstory on Ryan, at least. Ray and you know, and the father did something right for a change. Exactly. So he doesn't have to carry that around for the rest of his mm-hmm. life. And like I said, the relationship between them kind of explains some of the questions I had about Ryan earlier in the right. series, you know. That there was some kind of something with parents. I knew it had to be something with parents that made him so clingy to... Not that it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But, you know, the way he was just so willing to, you know, he was in this community for two days and he's willing to stay there with this woman that he doesn't know for the rest of his life. You know, the way he jumped into things really quickly. And then in the next episode, he was already madly in love with a different person. Well, in a way, you can understand it because he wants that love. He never got. That's what I mean, yeah. That explains a lot of his behavior that I Mm -hmm. questioned throughout the series so far. Yeah. So, did I miss anything? No, I don't think so. It was a decent episode. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. All right, so Kim and I will be back shortly for another episode. We'll see you then. See you then. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, Provided by Anton Kornienko. Pixabay user 147-98912. Free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.